Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast. I am your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium and an energy healer, and today we have a very special episode that I am bringing to you. I'm so excited. We're going to be speaking with Miss Daly Little, who is my Reiki teacher, the person that I studied Reiki from, the person that helped me open up really to getting comfortable with being grounded, being inside my body. I've learned so much from Daly. Um, So yeah, she is a Reiki teacher, a healer, a priestess, an all-around badass. So I'm super stoked to bring this conversation to you. And before we get into it, I want to just give you a little update on what's going on at Angel Face HQ. So I'm very, 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 very excited I just updated my website, so you can go to my website, gracelandon.com, and check it out. It looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. It looks Gorgina. looks like a Linda Evangelista, and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so go look at it. Um, I recently, a couple months ago, did a photo shoot with one of my friends, Mel. I'm going to put um, her Instagram um, in the show notes if you're looking for a photographer in Sonoma County um, for like portrait photography or event photography. Um, she knew exactly what I wanted. She was able to provide me some with some great images, did some edits for me. Um, and I'm very stoked. So some of those photos are going to be or are on the website and then some of them I'm going to be using for social media promotion and stuff. So if you're looking for a photographer, shout out Mel. Um, and yeah, I'm very proud of my website. It looks absolutely gorgeous. So what I'm most excited about is, well, there's two things I'm most excited about is now, um, it's just easier to navigate. Like the website I had before, I think was aesthetically very beautiful, but you had to kind of like click things to get to other tabs. It was a little, it wasn't as intuitive. So this is a little bit more simple, um, where there's like a bar at the top and you can see all the little sections and offerings. You can click things and it's pretty and it's easy. So I'm very excited about the, the navigation of it all. But I'm also very excited because I added a workshops tab. So now all my meditation classes and group healings and, you know, events and things like that are going to be on there. So you can see what I have going on. You can you can click a link to pay um, and it's all easy peasy. So I'm very excited about that. So one of those workshops that's upcoming is the meditation class I'm going to be teaching. That's going to be a meditation and breath work class in the morning. So that's my first morning class. I have two scheduled. I talked about this last week, but we're kind of feeling out how I want to um, 
offer meditation and and one of the things I'm being shown is consistently see if I could have a class that was once a week or once every other week that would be really beneficial to myself and others so we're trying it we're putting it out there the first one is going to be October 11th on Monday so that's coming up pretty soon the class is $18 you can sign up on my website it's all there so that's very exciting um If you have taken Spirit School with me, if you are an alumni of Spirit School, I am offering a discount um, on my meditation classes. So if you're interested, please send me a message. I'll be sending out an email to those people, but send me a message if you want to sign up. I haven't figured out the tech part yet where I can have those people put in a discount code or something. I haven't figured that out yet. So if you want to be um, attending a meditation classes with me and you are an alumni of Spirit School, it will be $11 versus $18. Save a few bucks. So reach out to me and I'll hook you up. So that's super exciting. The other thing that's on there is Spirit School is updated. Um, it looks gorgeous. I put some videos on there and really just like... Um, added some information in there so if you're interested in spirit school you can read all about it also if you're listening to this on thursday when the podcast comes out yesterday i did an instagram live talking all about spirit school the details like what the class is about why i'm teaching it um what the syllabus is and all that good good um so that's on my igtv and then i also have posted that on the website so take a look, scroll through. Um, there are payment plans. There's, there's, um, all the details and testimonials. You can read about other people's experiences. You can listen to a couple interviews with former students. So I have a couple of videos up on there. So please check it out. If you're thinking about signing up, I very much encourage you to snag a spot. There are limited spots available in this class because I like to keep it small. So there's time to really get to know everyone and time for participation and everything like that. Um, I also am offering, if you're thinking about it, you're on the fence, you want to vibe it out, you want to ask me questions face to face, you can sign up for a free 15 minute consultation. And that's on Zoom when we just kind of chat and see if it's spirit school is right for you. Um, that goes for coaching and stuff too. If, if the consultations are always available, if you're thinking about a um, more of a larger ticket item or a longer format work together. So consultations available. Spirit School is open for enrollment. Class begins November 4th. Eight weeks of live classes. 12 modules of self-study material. I do lessons, lecture, meditation. So much, so much, so much amazing content. Um, I continue to go back to the material and so do all of the students. Uh, So I hear. (laughs) So, um... I really am just, I just kind of like reformatted it to be a little bit more um, realistic. (laughs) So now the modules are, there's 12 of them. So just like kind of stretching stuff out, I added a few more things in there. So if you took spirit school in the past, um, 
it might be a little bit different. So I just wanted to let people know that I added some cool stuff. It's going to be a little bit um, longer. So you get 12 modules. My intention is that it's almost like a year's worth of material for you to dive into at your own pace. And then the eight weeks are kind of like the prep. So I talk all about that in the IGTV I did yesterday. So check it out. So yeah, I'm really excited. Lots of cool stuff going on. The other thing I wanted to mention is I have updated my shop on there as well. So you can, there's meditations and stuff on there. I have I have a, um, a mini course on there. But what I'm very excited about is I added a new offering on there, which um, there's only six of these available. So if you want to do this, let me know. Um at least at this price point, it's $111. The price is definitely going to go up. So I'm doing six of these just to, before we change, just to check out the format, just to see if we like it. But um, so what this is, is a personal aura reading. So I've been practicing doing aura readings. Um, So what that is, is I can look at your energy body and your auric field and like tell you kind of what's going on and like describing to you visually and um like details about the layers of your energy body your aura's color like if there's any symbols or signs or things like within your energy field that you could tune into and connect with so with that reading you receive a video so i will send out a video to the person's email who purchases All you have to do is send me a recent photograph of yourself and I use that to do the reading. I tune into your energy. I send you a video reading. You can listen to that, connect with that. And then what you also receive is a piece of visual art. So what I am so excited about is that I'm going to be doing some of these like psychic paintings that I have started playing around with. So the idea is that A person would send me a photograph, I'll read their aura, so I'll explain to them what's going on, how I perceive it, etc. Then I take their energy signature, what their energy feels like, the vibration of their energy, and I create and channel a piece of artwork for them. So it's $111. Um, The price is going to go up. There's six available. If this sounds like something cool to you, check it out on the website. Let me know if you're interested. You can purchase directly on there. But I'm very excited about it. And I just see this as becoming kind of like um, a huge part of my service is bringing in artwork. I talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, um, but I have a lot of really exciting things in the works. I'm making some cards. I'm doing some really cool things long term. So let's not get too excited about that yet. But I think this is going to be a way for me to really connect with people's energy and be able to provide them with something that they can take with them. So you'll get the video, but then a few weeks later in the mail, you'll get your art piece. So, um, the only thing to keep in mind is if you're outside the U.S., there will be an extra shipping fee. Um, and so these are going to be their works on paper. So they're paintings and drawings. Um, 
And I have a few examples on the website of some of some I have created previously. These are going to be probably like 8x10, 8x8, a little bit of a smaller piece. This is something that you will receive and you can hang it up in your house. And the idea is that it contains your energy signature and it contains healing vibrations for you. So the energy continues to heal as long as it's needed. As it hangs out in your house, it's does its thing and helps you connect and kind of remember aspects of yourself. So I'm beyond thrilled about this idea. I really hope people are into it. Um, so if you want to sign up for that, go to the website shop. And yeah, you can buy meditations and other stuff there too. So that's kind of like what's going on. I'm just very excited about my website. <laughs> I spent a few days revamping it and I just love it. So Please check it out, sign up for the classes, sign up for spirit school, all the, all the stuff. Um, so yeah, Bef but yeah, before we get into the conversation with Daily, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. All right, y'all. So today we're going to be speaking with Miss Daily Little. I'm so honored to bring you this episode. So Daly was my Reiki teacher. I trained in Usui traditional Reiki 1 through 3, so Reiki master, with her. And I've also gotten the pleasure to do some shamanic journey classes with her. And I'm actually currently enrolled in her <laughs> upper world journey class. I definitely will be talking about that on the podcast um, this week. Our assignment is to journey to connect with a like a uh, spirit guide within the upper realm and she had us kind of think about who we would want to connect with and when I was thinking about that like the I received a message it's Jesus Jesus wants to connect so I thought, thought that was very interesting um you know in Holy Fire Reiki we do work with Jesus but it still is like kind of this weird thing where we love Jesus at least me I love Jesus. I don't love religion. I've talked about this many times about my views on the church. Um, but so I still feel a little weirdness around Jesus and like the idea of connecting with Jesus. And, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like, again, about the church. So then I feel weird about that. So I think this journey to connect to Jesus <laughs> will be very healing for me um, to clear some of that stuff out. And, you know, a lot of my ancestors are Catholic um, and Christian and have that connection. So I think there is some healing that wants to happen there as well. So that's going to be very interesting. So yeah, it's been really amazing to work with Daily. She teaches classes. Um she does one-on-one -on -one services so I'll put her website healing heart reiki in the show notes you guys can check out her offerings um she also has a facebook group that's pretty poppin so I'm gonna put that in the show notes as well if you're on facebook um she does like I think even weekly or bi-weekly like video lectures meditation so many amazing free offerings that she puts in the Facebook group and there's just so many people in there who have either taken a Reiki class with her or a different class 
or are a Reiki healer. And so there's a lot of people that you can kind of like bounce information off of. And I think it's a good learning space. You know, I'm not a big Facebook person, um, but I love the Facebook groups. I love Facebook groups. That's the only reason I'm having deleted my Facebook is because there's so many awesome groups out there. Um, and dailies is one of the ones that I look at. So, um, if you're on Facebook, you can check out that group and check out all her free little lecture classes. I think she does them on Wednesdays, I, but, um, check it out. I'm not positive. So yeah, I'm really excited. I, I found daily just from like an internet search, like good old internet search. So when I moved up here to Sonoma County, um, I've talked about this before, but I was dealing with a lot of physical and mental health stuff. And I had previously started working with um, a practitioner in Oakland when I lived there to receive Reiki. And we did some other stuff with herbalism. It was very profound for me. We can talk about that another time in detail. But um, so when I moved up here, I really wanted to find someone that practiced Reiki and I really wanted to find Reiki classes. So I just Googled like Reiki Santa Rosa, Reiki near me, Reiki Sonoma County. And um, she was the person that came up. She got that good SEO, baby. (laughs) Um, She was the person that came up. So I received a healing session from her. It was very, very, very powerful. I remember, so this, long before COVID, when we were able to be in person, I remember going to her um, studio, which is also her home, beautiful place. Um, and she had me come in there. We, I, li- I lied on the table. We did our whole session. And at the end, she had me sit at this beautiful little round table and in her office she has this huge like cabinet of curiosities basically like a huge cabinet with like thousands of flower essences and herbs and all this cool stuff and I was like wow this person's just so badass like look at all this magic that's surrounding me and I really felt like healing was happening um and I really just felt curious too like what is all this stuff and how can I know everything about this person? Um, what can what can I learn? Um, and I remember that day too. She had so she had like a whole kind of cabinet of or like a not a cabinet a um, bookcase of cards and books and stuff like that. And she had a, all these oracle cards. And she said, "Okay, pick one. You can pick a card. Pick the deck that you want to pull the card from." So she had me pick a deck. I remember it was the Dorian Virtue Archangel, or not Archangels, just Angels deck. I think it was Guardian Angels or something like that. The, um, I had, after that, I had purchased that deck. I worked with it extensively. I have since given that deck to one of my former students. Um, so it has lived on and moved on and is serving someone else now. But, um, I pulled that deck out. Um, so she had me like hold the deck in my hand and kind of like think about what I wanted to learn. What did I wanted to see? Um, what my question was. 
So I held the cards and then she had me shuffle them and then pull a card. And the card I pulled was Archangel Shamuel. And we talked a lot about Archangel Shamuel being able to help me with my career. This was kind of when I was first starting to think about um, working in like the wellness type of field. So I was doing facials and things like that. Um, So I was working in wellness and eventually that got me to more of the spiritual side of wellness. But at the time, I was not clear about where I was going to go. I did not know I was going to be teaching Reiki and doing all this crazy shit that I do now, like talking to fucking aliens and dead people and stuff. So, but we talked a lot about Shamuel being able to help me um, feel safe. We talked about money and like fears around that and like healing a lot of wounds that I have held from like my ancestors and my family line, like um, of not wanting to be seen and not like putting myself out there and not going for my dreams and like clearing a lot of that stuff out. And since then, in reflection, there like a lot of the stuff we talked about has come to fruition <laughs> um, tenfold. So it was very interesting. And it kind of sparked my journey working with the angels. So I started working with Archangel Shamuel. And then I started working with Archangel Michael. Now I work a lot with, well, I still work with Michael when I need him. And of course, love you. <laughs> love you, Michael. Um, but I work, when I work in the Akashic Records, um, I work a lot with Archangel Azriel. So some people describe that as the angel of death. And she really helps me connect to the upper and the lower worlds and these places um, of, I guess, like a different form of life. So I don't think of that as death. Um, so, so yeah, it really sparked my journey. So from there, after that session, I... Want decided I want to learn Reiki. I want to learn how to do this for myself. So I ended up training in Reiki 1. And then eventually all the way through to Reiki Master. So I had learned so much from Daily. Um, when I first... I remember when I first started seeing her. I would When I thought about like spirituality or like death. Or like anything that was more in the esoteric realms. I would get scared. I would cry. I had so many fears. Um... And she really taught me how to like literally stand, like how to stand in my body when sending the healing energy so that I'm not just like floating around and that I'm like, like, like not leaving my body. She she had taught me how to stay grounded, learned a lot about um, like the process of connecting in the astral realms and just so much stuff daily is definitely like a channel so when she speaks it's her but there's also you know spirits and things speaking through her so sometimes she says shit that might not make sense at first like and I think I do this too where it's like it doesn't make sense at first but then you start to realize oh okay that's what you're trying to tell me um so I think of 
it almost like a transmission sending like vibrations so the person can understand what you're saying but the words that we're saying is not entirely necessary so she is she is effortless like she could teach you everything you need to know without saying anything but yet she has so much metaphysical knowledge history information she knows like a lot about a lot of things so today we're going to be talking about her experience like um with her taking her first reiki class which for me it's like i'm in her lineage like that's those are those stories are very valuable to me and i think um it will be interesting for anyone who is curious about reiki and who is curious about like starting a spiritual business we talk a little bit about that um and like how to have a sustainable um life when you are working in the energy realms like remembering to be human all that important stuff um daily is also a priestess of isis which is just absolutely fascinating. So we talk a little bit about her experience connecting with Isis um, when she was younger. So Isis is a goddess. um, And we talk a little bit about like who Isis is. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm sure there's many other things that we talked about. So just listen up. This is a long episode. Buckle up, baby. So feel free to pause and come back. Listen to it in sections if you want. I love a long podcast. My podcast would be five hours and I wouldn't mind. Um, but I know <laughs> I know most people uh, uh, have a short attention span. So just a FYI, this is a long episode. There's a lot of amazing stuff we're going to talk about. So stay, check it out. Again, I'll put all of Daily's info in the show notes. And I'm going to put all the classes and the workshops and things I have upcoming in the show notes as well. So, yeah, but let's get into it. One last thing, though, that I want to let everyone know before we get into the interview. I set up a new thing here on the podcast where now you, the listeners, can send me voicemails. You can send me voicemails. So, If you want to ask a question and have me answer it on the podcast or you want to share a um, experience with the supernatural, with spirit, with mediumship, aliens, etc. that you want to share on the podcast, you can leave me a voicemail and I can add it to the podcast. So my dream would be that people would leave questions and I could do a question and question and answer section. Um on the podcast or have even a question and answer episode depending on how many questions I get. So if you have questions about Reiki, about spirituality, about crystals, about magic, whatever, life, put it in the voice memos and I will put it on the podcast. So I'm really excited about that. Let's see how it goes. Without further ado, here is my interview with Miss Daily Little. All right, see you there. Hello and welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. Today we are here with Daily Little and I'm really excited to have this conversation with her. Daily was my Reiki teacher and I really am curious to hear about your experience with Reiki, how you found Reiki and how that has kind of created an influence in your life to start a spiritual business, have a healing practice, 
So I worked with Daily in like 2017, 2018, getting my Reiki training with her. And it's been super interesting ever since then. A lot of interesting stuff has come up in my life, a lot of healing. So I would love to hear about your experience with the first time that you received Reiki. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe it's been like that many years already. It feels like just around the corner in one hand, but so much has happened since that your attunement. Um, But yeah, the first time that I ever, I think the first time that I ever experienced Reiki, it was just like a blip in my radar. Like I was in high school and we had a really good family friend and she had just become attuned to Reiki. So we were at a Buddhist center because I was raised really Buddhist. And she was telling us all about how she'd taken this very special Reiki class. And it was really expensive at the time. And I was like, what's Reiki? So she just took her hand and she laid it on the small of my back. And um, it was so warm, like her hand was warm and it just felt like this wonderful touch that could have gone on forever. And I was like, oh, wow. And then that was it. I didn't think about it again. I didn't experience it. I didn't have like miracles happen. It was just this beautiful touch. And then years later, In my 20s, I was living in Los Angeles, working in Beverly Hills, and kind of had done all the things in my my list of, I want to have an epic life kind of list of things. And I was kind of like running out of gas. I felt a little bit like I didn't know what to do with my life. Everything had settled in a certain way. And one day my mom called me and she said, Daily, and she was living in Northern California. She said, Daily, you have to come up here. I met this really awesome woman named Pat in the bathroom of the New Living Expo. We were talking and she's amazing and she does Reiki and I think we should take a Reiki class. And I was kind of like Reiki, Japanese guy who says he can heal anything and everything from like a hundred years ago. What is this really gonna teach me about anything? You know, like I was a nice, healthy, 20 something big ego <laughs> person, you know, and I'd, I'd studied metaphysics through throughout my life so far at that point, because I was so intuitive and had so many weird, magical things happening that I was just trying to understand, like, why, why are, why are some people intuitive like this? And why does the world say it's a f- like not real, that it's fake or that we're charlatans? Like, I know something crazy is happening here. And Buddhism just says, oh, don't worry about that. So like I'd been studying all kinds of metaphysics up to this point. So by the time my mother mentioned Pat and Reiki, I was kind of like, meh, whatevs. But she really, my mom kind of posed it as this wonderful thing we could do together. And I thought that that was a really sweet idea. So I flew up north and we took a weekend workshop with this wonderful teacher named Patricia. And that was my beginning with Reiki, it, the, literally learning how to teach it. <laughs> and she said in the class, you know, you could teach this one day. And I kind of shrugged and thought, no, I'll probably never teach this. So <laughs> that was how that all began. That's so interesting that you did with your mom. Yeah. 
my mom is pretty knowing about things. She just has a knowingness. And I've noticed that every time she makes suggestions, they're usually about five years ahead of time. You know, like she'll suggest something. She'll say something to someone like, hmm, you would really do well to take um, turmeric. Turmeric would be so good for you. And like five years later, they have inflammation and turmeric is exactly what they need. So I think my mom in some interesting way, just um, she didn't know tons about what I was going through at the time, but I think that I needed the Reiki. It was something that I really needed and it became even more prominent in my life, maybe five years later. So was that like the, just a Reiki one workshop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a Reiki one workshop. Patricia, she taught it in a really simple, clean way. There were just two of us in the class. And then she had another student come in for us to to lay hands on in practice. And I remember it was taught in her house in really lovely home. And all the lights were off. And I was like, like we walked into a room and sat down and then the light just like, she's like, oh, it doesn't work. Like it blew out. And she was saying how sometimes the energy just caused things to blow out. <laughs> I was like, what am I getting into? So we, we learned in the dark, it just with the sunlight coming through the windows. And um, that was my beginning. And then I took Reiki to like a year, maybe a year and a half, two years later. Did your mom do it too or no? No, she, no, she doesn't like do hands-on. She doesn't work with it directly, but my mom for many years was an occupational therapist and she definitely has that she's in that healing profession right so she yeah. interacts with a lot of people and i think that her healing energy just comes through so she's it still works through her and with her yeah amazing and then how how much longer was it before you started teaching reiki uh let's see so Maybe, you know, those first few years after I took Reiki one, I did, I had kind of a really awesome miracle experience in the the month or two right after I took it, but um, just helping someone else. But beyond that, I didn't really practice it a lot. I didn't do tons with it. It felt as if the Reiki was working me. So I would have... Yeah, I would have moments where my whole body would just light up with that heat and I could feel things, just emotional pieces that were trapped in my somatic body just melting away. And when I would go places like crystal shops or expos, sometimes I would speak with people and I I always knew when they needed healing because my Reiki would turn on and I could feel that energy beginning to flow. But maybe like so that that was a couple of years of just me feeling like i was being worked over by energy and then i i just knew when it was time to take another class and i took another class so i was i think i may have after level two i think i may have started my practice after level two i don't I don't think I, I think like I took Reiki master in the first year of my healing practice because I felt that having the master level would ground everything and give me a better positioning and a better understanding of what I was doing. So maybe that was 
for, I don't know, like six years, four, four years, five years. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something so like that. that. Yeah, it, it took some time, but it's so crazy because I've had students that like take a level one class. They're already working on people right away because they just, they're ready for that. But I had a lot of stuff in my life that was really suppressed and emotional pieces that I'd really pushed pretty deep. So I was living a pretty good surface life, but there was like a dark and dangerous sea underneath. And I think I truly believe that the Reiki was what helped me to start to open that up and integrate things because I just didn't have tools before then. I didn't know how to do that. So it took some time for me to actually open up more deeply and just see what I was holding inside and what I was about. And I needed to do that for me before I was ready to start a practice. I didn't want to start my practice. I only did it because my guides told me to. That's where I was at that time. The people were demanding. <laughs> no, not even. Like there, nobody was demanding. I was running a metaphysical web store and selling things online. And I loved it. I was a magical shop. I sold candles and I would find rare antiquities and vintage magical items through my own hunt, you know, and so I used my art history background to value things and figure out what was what. So I was selling online and um, I had a baby. And so I was selling online and having a baby and going through all the things and figuring out relationship, dealing with all kinds of stuff. And then one night while I was walking my son to bed, just back and forth, wearing a tread in the bedroom, going into a trance state without realizing it, <laughs> I suddenly heard this voice and this inner voice, it was like definitely this guide voice that was like, you need to start a healing practice, call it healing heart Reiki. And I definitely did not agree with that voice. <laughs> I was like, no way. I love my web store. I don't want a physical place. I don't, what if I don't want to touch people? What if people's feet stink? What am I going to do? Like I was worried, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've always trusted my guides and I trust my heart and my inner voice. So after my son actually fell asleep, I went to the computer and this, this inner voice kept telling me crazy things. I was having an argument in my mind with spirit. And I found on uh, Craigslist in an area that I'd never looked on Craigslist, I found two spaces available and one space had no pictures, no description, nothing. And I just thought it was crazy, but my guides were like, call it, like send a message, you're gonna do this. So I sent a message to this person and she said, oh, well, we can meet tomorrow or sometime that week, right? And I just really thought, you know, this is gonna be terrible. And I, all the way driving to this location, I told myself, I'm not doing it unless there's high ceilings. I'm not doing it unless there's a window with tons of light. I'm not doing it unless there's enough space for me to make a mark in this office because it was a shared space with another with two other practitioners. And so I had all of these like things I was setting up to bow out and I got to the space and it was the perfect space. 
I had no more possible objections. I was so shocked, in fact, that <laughs> I kind of walked in and I looked around and I was like, ah, I could do that. I could do this. <laughs> and the person I was meeting was my office mate, Amanda, who I still love and adore to this day. I didn't know then that it would become this really beautiful, really healing friendship. But, you know, she was kind of like, well, hold your horses. Like many people have tried to be in this space. We have to see if you're the right person for this space because we're creating something really special here, right? I was like, oh, sure, whatever. I'm going to be here. I know it. And so that was, you know, getting into that space and meeting with Amanda and listening to my guides. It was just step by step me kind of being led into this practice that really changed my entire life. And I, I didn't want to do it, but I do always, I do feel that the best things I've ever done in life have been when I've listened to that inner knowing. So I just listened and I, I gave myself permission that if I didn't like laying hands on people within the first whatever amount of people that I could just stop. I didn't have to go whole hog. I could just not do it. I was just willing to try. Amazing. I love to hear that. Yeah. How long were you at that one place? Oh, I think a long time. Um, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. What, wait, what year is this? 2021. <laughs> almost, <laughs> like almost 2022. I was at that place until about three years ago, maybe four now, three or four years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, like, probably like a decade. Yeah. And I, I would have stayed there forever. I loved that place, but um, it was in railroad square in downtown Santa Rosa, uh, right next to where the new train was coming in. Mm. So when they started testing for that, it was so loud. The train would come in and it would honk and honk on the street and then, and the whole building would kind of shudder and my office was right there. So as much as I loved it and I wanted to stay in the space, I loved the landlord. I loved everything. It started to create a lot of stress for me. Like I was laying hands and my, my beautiful clients, bless them, were like, oh, I grew up near a train track. This doesn't bother me at all. Even though like the train was like roaring through, right? So they, they were so sweet, but, but every i came to this point where i could tell when the train was coming from miles away because i'd hear like the faraway horn and my whole body would tense up with stress like oh my god so i knew at that point that i had to to go because reiki is about relaxation it's about dropping back into your being and you knowing that you're safe to have a happy joyful life and so it doesn't make sense to to offer Reiki healing sessions when you're like looking over your shoulder and because ah, of a train coming right at your building every day. So, yeah. And then so you do you moved into where you are now right after I that? Did. Yeah, I did. That's where yeah, that's where I met you. And was oh, wow. the classes yeah. you took my classes where you are now. Yeah, yeah, this is so yeah, I, I went from that space, which was really sunny and bright into this sort of tall gray Victorian. And 
For me, it was a really big shift because I had been living in Sebastopol and working in Santa Rosa. And I thought, I would love to do a live work. I would love to see how like sort of live work, community co-op kind of thing could happen. So I came into this space with really specific ideas. Like I wanted the bottom floor of the Victorian, the front room to kind of become a community space for larger classes and then have a private session room and then the upstairs rooms I ultimately wanted to turn into private session rooms and rent out because at, by, by the point that I'd moved here, I'd already been leasing to different people in the past. So I did have people that came to me and said, hey, can I, I wanna lease one of those spaces and offer a massage or offer, there were a couple of things people wanted to offer, but spirit had its own ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I came into this building, it was haunted, but nice spirits, but just a lot. There was a lot of energy to kind of reconcile. And the front space ended up feeling too small. It could only fit about 30 people max if we stuffed those like sardines. And so that didn't work. So I, I realized really quickly that the space was not going to be this healing century space that I had hoped to move into, try a live work, and then move out of in order for the business to thrive. Um, I realized pretty quickly that it was for me to do some personal healing work for myself in my life work, like next level work that I just hadn't gotten to, didn't know how to crack open. And, um, yeah. And that was, it was great. It was profound. Amazing. Yeah. I drive by, like every time I drive by your house, I go, hi Bailey. I don't know if you can <laughs> sense that, but Sometimes I feel people. I do. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's love out there on the river of cars. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. You're welcome. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful space. Um, and I feel like it's nice to have something if, well, it's a house. So it feels like you're comfortable. You're not like in a weird classroom or like a warehouse <laughs> or something. <laughs> If you're like, oh, I'm on my like someone's house and I'm just here to like yeah uh, relax and receive. I mean, some houses can be kind of creepy and shady, I do have to say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean this it does. It, it's very comfortable. And I, I think for me, I just feel like even when I began my my business, Healing Heart Reiki, I mean, maybe not right when I began, because again, I was a little bit like, why am I doing this? Because my guide said whatever. But um that first year I got really clear about why it needed to happen and what I was doing with Healing Heart Reiki and where my heart was in it. And so I always had this intention that I wanted to at least be able to demonstrate as a healer all of the different ways that healing could look and be and the healing life could be, you know? And I hoped that all of the students that I taught from that first year onward could always come to me and like learn both from my successes and from my huge mistakes, you know, and like learn from the things that learn from some of my funkiness too. And so the, the whole next step of like moving into the live work, just being willing to reach and try something that was different. You know, I, I kind of went, well, this is great. Like hopefully everybody who is a part of this community, who's witnessing me is learning from this and learning, okay, well, how can you make it work inside of a house if it's your house? What are the types of boundaries you need to think about if you want to start a healing practice from a personal space? 
right? So I yeah, think the I mean, whole you thing... just don't want people like coming over at random times or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it requires boundaries. Like, and it's so yeah, it's been this great learning experience for me. And I think it's also been helpful for others. Like it it's allowed me to have the knowledge to kind of share a few do's and don'ts about personal practice. And, you know, I've I've worked from festivals and fairs and professional offices and home spaces outside um, retreats. So, you know, we share the info. We all learn this way. We all rise. Yeah. I think like in over the pandemic, I like basically now work from home and it's been so helpful for me, like emotionally to be like, okay, like I don't want to work right now. Like I'm not going to do work, but it's easy to work all, all of the time. I feel yes. like that's the hard thing for me is having the boundaries of like, okay, like it's nighttime. Like I don't need to be this. Right yeah. Now. But I get inspired, you know, I get the ideas and then everything's there. So especially when you love what you do. What do you find the hardest about that? Like keeping, keeping motivation or doing like actually resting? <laughs> You know, I think it's both, right? Because when we are out of balance, it's like the chakras, the chakra system, like sometimes your chakras can be out of balance and they'll both be spinning too fast and also spinning too slow in different places, right? So um, for me, the live work has been a huge lesson in balance. And I think that um, because I have a kid, my child, he's like the canary in the cave, like, you know, if I disappear from my day-to-day stuff too much into work, he's like, yo, mom, not cool. So I think that having him has actually helped me to see more clearly what the challenges are. And I would say that I tend towards being a workaholic. My, my mother very much had that same type of ethic Um, And I experienced that growing up. So I could just go into a creative space for hours and do hours of energy work, hours of healing work, hours of writing and creating and drawing and graphic design and not come up for air. Because I was raised really like spiritual where I did, we did meditate a couple of hours a day. That's like my happy place. That's my safe, normal place. It's like none life. But um I've learned how important it is to stop, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, drink water, take walks, and then go do things in life outside of spirituality, right? Go to the lake, try the new axe throwing place at the epicenter, like whatever it is, you know, I want to do that. I know. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) field trip, but yeah, like I've learned that that balance has to be there. Because otherwise, as energy healers, if we're too much in the energy, we're not rooted, we're not grounded in our earthly experience. And it short circuits the system and our life purpose. Yeah, I definitely experienced that. Like when I first started doing Reiki, I remember you had to show me like how to stand because I felt like I was just floating outside my body for whatever 25 28 years of my life yeah that it like it was almost like I would get nauseous when I would run the healing energy because it was like so it was like so intense and I wasn't used to being like grounded so it definitely took me I feel like a year 
maybe longer of practicing to like be <laughs> balanced somewhat inside my body. But eating, I think is the hardest thing for me is like remembering to eat food and like, yeah, creating those normal human needs. Like, okay, I got to take my shower. I'm going to do this. Like those actual everyday things I think can be really easy to miss or just to push through because you're like okay I'm into what I'm doing right now I'll do that later but then you just end up feeling run down yeah yeah it's another boundaries thing right it's it's all boundaries and I can get the same way but what I've learned is of course if I do push off that eating because I'm in some great creative moment or healing moment then I get hungry and I don't realize I'm hungry right away. And then when I do get hungry, then I want to gorge on things that aren't healthy for my body. It's not the actual fine fuel my body needs because the hunger becomes so big. It just wants immediate satiation, right? So I've really seen how those patterns make this huge, huge difference in my overall health. Um, Plus, it's not really good to go into constant, like, feast, famine, starvation modes, you know. Uh, Not the best for your sugars and everything. Yeah. So, like, even right before we started this, I said, oh, hold on, let me turn off my alarms. My alarms are still on. And that's because literally in my iPhone, I use the um, clock function that has, like, you know, timers and alarms And I actually have alarms set for three times a day that remind me to stop and have a healthy, nourishing meal or like to stop and to make a nice dinner. And it sounds so silly, right? But I grew up in a family of artists, of super highly creative, like probably high functioning, like creative, creative types who were just throwing paint all over the place, smelting freaking, you know, brass or whatever it is. And I think sometimes with that, like there's like this element of intensity and drama and we have to finish this one thing or like this deep commitment. And not all artists are that way, (laughs) but mine were. So, so something as simple as just setting an alarm to do a basic function, I doing that has taught me how to reestablish my healthy boundaries around the basic things in life, because so many of the people around me were always focused on the not basic things, the, the, the massive things. I've got all that, but now I'm working on the little things, right? That makes sense to me. I think that I should probably do that. <laughs> That's a smart <laughs> idea. Yeah, I think too, like you show me too about like having a planner and like putting in, in the planner, you put in like, not only like inspirations, like, things that things how you want to feel but like blocks of time where you're just doing nothing like I think you called them like I forget what you call them like priestess time or something I forget what you called it but like just literally doing nothing or just meditating or being in that like um blank space and that I feel like has really helped me that concept of like relaxing but it's not like I feel like most people when they relax it's like you watch tv or whatever but you're still consuming you're still like listening even if it's just like listening to music right to have something when there's silence I feel like that's so important that I've been trying to like put that into my 
calendar <laughs> but I like yeah. the idea of like yeah actually writing it down actually having it there to look at so it's not it's you, it's so easy to ignore if you don't like put it down write it down it is right and that's like for me again it's back to those little blocks of um like just like having to set a timer to know when to make my lunch or eat it because it's too easy at noon to go, oh, I'll just have lunch at one. And then it's too easy at one to say, oh, but I'm so close to finishing thing, this thing. I'll just pick it up before I go pick up my kid at two or whatever it is. Right. So having those real stop checks and it's the same. I probably called it my priestess time, you know, because um, one of the things that I learned, like, through my, like, I'm, I've been a priestess of the goddess Isis since for a long time, (laughs) since forever, (laughs) for a long time. I got that call when I was like 13 years old, I had this really profound experience with Isis. And then I ignored her for like, you know, till my twenties, but, and then she came back in really, really powerfully and has actually led me, like I've been led to different teachers and experiences and really cultivated my priestess craft over the years. But one thing that I've seen is this, um, like our society is just always so go, go, go. And I think it's probably like an outgas of the fact that we are a capitalistic consumerist society that we're constantly being sold to, you know, like whether we're on social media or watching TV or you're sitting at a beautiful outdoor concert with the program that has sales in it, we're constantly being inundated. So um, it actually took a real conscious effort for me to decide and to acknowledge the importance of having spaces that really just connect me back to the earth and back to the regular patterns of living, right? Like, tending to the garden, washing my dishes in my house, making my bed, things that have nothing to do with consuming and have everything to do with tending, growing, building in this really close to the earth kind of way. And I I see that as connected to the work of the priestess who has to learn how to, what's the word, like down, downshift, you know, um, energetically, come back into grounding back into earth if the priestess is to be a vessel for any kind of divine channel or messages right we we can't do that if we're running around like chickens with our head cut off and our ego is activated so um i like to put on really great tunes really great spotify playlists and make a vibe make a vibe and just yeah you were talking about like getting all the blankets and like snacks and stuff oh my god yeah yeah and I teach that I teach that in some of my goddess courses like um a circle of self or a circle of one where you literally create a magical circle and you make a feast and you honor yourself as divine and you rest yeah we talked about it I can't remember when but in one of the classes with you yeah and like, yeah, creating a, yeah, a sacred place. And it's like so crazy because these aren't new ideas, but they're almost revolutionary because people just don't do it. It's amazing how many women I talk to have never created that kind of time for themselves because they're constantly 
responding and reacting to society or to the needs of the people that they love and that love them. And they don't know how to set that first initial boundary for self-love and self-pleasure and self-care. Yeah, I think that's like so hard for a lot of people to to rest or to stop or like yet to receive love like from yeah. yourself. I think that is like yeah. been a hard lesson for me. I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people yeah. like being open to receive from yeah, yourself or the universe or other yeah. people. Yeah, I learned how to do that for the probably the first time ever through a cacao um, medicine bundle carrier training course that I took with this really wonderful woman in the UK and her her class was wonderful and it was the first time that I slowed down just for me you know I was like wow everyone should do this if we all did this we'd have world peace (laughs) like there'd be so few issues you know yeah just to stop and breathe for a minute yep I'd love to talk more about this Isis priest. So you would describe yourself as a priestess of Isis. Is that correct? Yeah, I, that's probably right on. Yeah, I mean, I'm ordained. <laughs> yes, I'm ordained. <laughs> that's what she says. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was something that was in your life before you found Reiki. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, because as I said, I was really intuitive. I'd had this like, just I'd had a couple of really profound experiences in childhood with energy and being psychic and intuitive. And so um, I started this journey. So I started checking out all of the books that I could at the library about magic and paganism, Wicca. I started going to the church with my with people, churches, with friends. I went to Christian camp for a few years. I loved it. There was just, I was just hungry for metaphysical understanding. And in the Buddhism that I was raised in, I began reading source texts, just trying to find out more information. But as I said, Buddhism was like, don't get distracted by being psychic. That's not the great work. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Like, what do you mean? It's awesome. Can I fly to? Yeah. So I think that, um, it was during a home initiation that I did when I had this amazing vision of ISIS and I was like probably about 13. I was, um, yeah, yeah, like middle school. And in this vision, I saw multiple goddesses and most of them I knew. And then all of a sudden she was there and I was like, who are you? I didn't recognize her iconography. I didn't recognize how she, who she was at all. And she said, I'm Isis. And I just didn't get it. And she said, well, I'm here for you. Um, basically she's like, you belong to me, but I, I didn't really get it. You know, she said, it doesn't matter. It's okay, but her time will come. So in my twenties, by the time I was in my twenties living in LA, I was doing costume design and, um, just all kinds of things, dancing. And I had a pretty good life, but I was still seeking answers to the same questions, you know? And looking back, I think that that was really also just connected to me feeling that there could be more in my life, that that, that I was hungry for something I didn't know what. And now I, it was, I was hungry to crack the ice on that deep sea of deeper inner emotion and 
desire in my own being that I hadn't cracked open because I hadn't given myself permission to. I didn't know how to, right? I was too busy trying to live kind of this good life based on what I'd been taught, what everybody else said a good life was. Um, so when ISIS came back, you know, it was because I was doing a lot of metaphysics at the time and I'd taken a lot of different trainings and I was starting to amass some pretty good energy, you know, around these things. And I was still curious. So I was trying all kinds of things. I was, I was astral traveling a lot during the day. I was like really working on these magical techniques that people said, oh, it's impossible. And I was really working on understanding them on the next level and doing a lot of them. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. And so one night Isis came to me during a full moon ritual and she showed up in my inner vision as I was sitting there at my window, you know, bathed in moonlight. And she basically, I'd had another ritual before that that was a little bit crazy and a little bit intense where I'd had what we call aspecting or like a possession by a deity, right? Where the spirit of a god or goddess comes through your body and into you, moves and speaks through you. And I'd never experienced that on that level before. Um, so many indigenous cultures talk about this, right? In your Yoruban tradition, it's like a person that is actually that person is called a horse and they're ridden by the deity. It's so crazy to me that it happens everywhere in all of these cultures. And yet here in American mainstream culture, we still say, Possession's not a real thing. It's or or yeah, or it's evil and you're gonna die because it's like an uh, yeah. There's just no space. They also for anything. Mounting. 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 There's a lot of names that the work goes by, right? And so, or you're either possessed by something evil or you're crazy. Crazy. And I put that in quotes, right? Like there's no space for you to be a sane, healthy person that has experiences with the divine in this very personal embodied way. So I'd had this amazing experience with the goddess Sekhmet and that's a whole nother story. And it was really intense. And it left me in this really kind of deeply moved space. When, when Sekhmet left my body, I felt bereft as if I'd literally like lost a lover, like someone had died. And it was so, so intense that it took me like several days to just come back to a normal grounded state because I received so much information and so much um, energy from that possessed experience that it literally took me years to unpack it. <laughs> like to this day, I'm still like, oh, Sekhmet saw that. Wow. Like there was so much that changed from that one instance. So once I recovered, I was like, I got to do that again. <laughs> that was awesome. I need to do this all the time. And so during a full moon ritual, Isis came down and she she was in my inner vision and she said, no, <laughs> like you're going to get yourself killed. Like you now have amassed enough energy in your studies that you could perhaps actually harm yourself if you don't have an appropriate teacher, right? So um, that was the beginning of my deeper work with her as a priestess, because she basically said to me in this ritual, I will send you, I will send you to the right places. You just have to go. And then she did for many years. So within weeks of that, the first thing that happened was I was driving home from work and I suddenly felt this deep heart knowing 
this heart tug and my inner voice just said like go down that street and it was like a street I'd never really gone down. I don't know. I mean, LA is huge, right? There's, there's tons of streets that I've never explored. So I just fall, I, I listened because that's what I do, right? So I turned down the street and this gnawing feeling wouldn't stop. It was like, keep going, keep going, keep going. So I literally was like led through these streets in an, an area of LA that I didn't know. And I kind of thought I was going crazy. Like, I can't believe that I have this strong gut vibe or heart vibe sending me somewhere strange in LA, maybe I'm just losing my mind, you know, but that, that feeling stopped. Like I went over a bridge. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, it was an overpass. Right. But near some water. And then I was led down and I, I, I ended up literally stopping in front of this small building and it was a magical shop. It was a new one that had only been like she'd only opened a few months earlier. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know it existed. She was brand new there. And I walked up to the front really tripped out. Like I can't believe that I was literally driving home and now I'm miles away in a totally different region, like area of LA in front of a new magic shop that I didn't even know existed when I thought I knew all of the shops, right? So right there on the glass at the door, it says Mysteries of Isis. <laughs> and it was a four-week initiation to the Mysteries of Isis being taught by a lovely woman that I had no clue who she was. And it was slated to start that week. So I was timing. like, are you like, whoa. So it's moments like that in my practice that have convinced me that like, there's so much that's real in the world that we're so quick to dismiss. Right. So I went inside, I told the women, woman there, like, I didn't know you existed. And she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> we're new. Um, and I said, I want to sign up for this ISIS class. She said, wow, it's really popular. You're literally the last spot on the roster. So I just gave her my money. And as she was ringing me up, the phone rang. And I, I'll never forget this because it was just shocking, right? Like the phone rang and it was someone else inquiring about the class and she had to turn them away. And I was like, what just happened? Like, was that urgent heart vibe because that needed to happen right now or what, right? So I took that four week class and learned all of these basic things that i never knew about ISIS. And some of it, I was like, oh, I knew that, I knew that, you know, but it was really profound and the initiation ceremony was beautiful. And that was probably the real official beginning of me kind of stepping into that role of priestess. And if you'd asked me then, I wouldn't have called myself a priestess. I might've said I was a witch or a healer or a curious person um, and that I loved the word priestess, but I, I didn't really fully understand what it meant, you know, but that was probably the beginning. You're a reverend too, aren't you? I am. I'm ordained. I can do weddings, funerals. I have not done in the past couple of years, but I have done them in the past. Official yeah. titles. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. amazing. I love that story. Yeah. Can you tell the people listening if they don't know anything about ISIS, like how would you explain her? Like she's a goddess. Could you yeah. just give us like a brief explanation of sure. who she is and 
why someone might be interested in connecting with her? Sure. Learning so, about her? Isis is a goddess. She's uh, an Egyptian goddess. She has her roots in Egypt. And she is often called the goddess of 10,000 names because she is an all goddess, which means that she has many different aspects, many different names, and many different associations connected to her. She was so popular in ancient Egypt that um, people just like they they gave her all kinds of different epithets. You know, they just really saw her as all of these different sources. And even when um, the temples of Egypt fell, she managed that transition and still existed inside of Roman temples alongside Grecian gods. And she has made her way all around the world in that way because she is so beloved and popular. Her original origin stories paint her as a woman on earth who mastered earth magic and was very clever and intelligent and wanted to become a god. She wanted to rise up beyond being human and she figured out how and her myths explain that. So I think of Isis as um, a model for us to understand how we can activate our own sovereign empowered nature and how we can rise up in our divinity within our everyday lives. She is, her name means the seat or the throne. She's the seat. And she was the goddess in ancient Egypt that made kings and pharaohs, kings, queens, pharaohs. Um, she was the one that blessed their reigns. So you could not be a king or queen or pharaoh unless you had the blessing and the seat of Isis. And um, I think in that way, she's a wonderful goddess for anybody who's really working on their own sovereignty and learning how to like own themselves, their identity, their boundaries, their heart. Um, I could go on about her forever, but I would say that that's the, the most basic I can think of. I should stop there. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's, well, it's so interesting because it's one of those things that comes from one story and then it really leaks into all these other different religions or uh, pantheons and ideas like that she's like connected to so much that we wouldn't know about right well she has just even within egypt she has so many fascinating mythic stories and they really do track her growth and development um, as an ambitious woman and then we get to see her in the role of being a wife and like married or devoted. We get to see her in the role of um, raising up a kingdom because she becomes a queen and like her stories around that. And we get to watch her grieve when she loses all of the things that she's worked for. We get to watch her grief. We learn about mourning. We learn about what to do when life gives you something that you just cannot process, right? All of those teachings are in her stories. And then ultimately she, she has a baby through magic. So we learn all about magic and we learn all about motherhood and what she goes through when her baby is growing up. And she's like, oh no, I have to protect my baby. And she does all of the sort of, you know, overbearing mothering things. 
So she really does walk us through these gateways of emotionality and the gateways of our own heart, the development of our chakra system and our movement through the sacred archetypes that we go through as humans, maidens, mothers, crones or elders, warriors, fathers, elders, wise men, medicine, all of these, whatever we want to call these, these triple archetypes that are, we all go through them. They're all existing within us all at once. These phases of life that we encounter and live through. And her stories really show us some tips and tricks and the magic behind how to approach that with grace. Amazing. Yeah, it's so interesting. There is like a temple kind of around here. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's the, um, well, there's the temp, there's so many, Isis gets around, I have to say, <laughs> she will pop up in the most interesting places, but the most overt place is the um, Temple of Isis in Geyserville at Isis Oasis here in Northern California, and that was, that's been around for several decades, and it is, um, a retreat center and also an official temple uh, that's devoted to the goddess Isis in her many names and also known as the mother earth goddess or earth itself. So that's um, a sanctuary for wild cats and animals oh, as well as a, as a creative haven. Many artists like to go there to retreat, uh, to nourish and recover. And there are annual convocations to the goddess Isis. It's currently headed by De Tracy Regula and uh, many other wonderful priestesses are there. Priests and priestesses are there or move through there. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was founded by my priestess mama, Lady Lorian Vignier. Amazing. Yeah. So that's what, like a, an hour, a couple hours from here? I think or is it's that more maybe, Southern California? No, it's like maybe 40 minutes north of downtown Santa Rosa. Oh, really? It's really close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought and it was like closer to Southern California for some reason. No, it's right up here. It's right off of the river up in Geyserville, all the wine and the grapes up there. There's a huge great tree on the property that's super old. People love to visit. It's a historic monument. Um, and that the property itself used to be run by people of the Baha'i faith. So there's a long history of spirit <laughs> on that property. And it has also been um, a grounding pad and a, a gateway for the International Fellowship of Isis that's connected with and affiliated with the Temple of Isis Geyserville. They're separate organizations, but they're, they're kind of sister organizations. They work closely together. Lady Olivia Durden Robinson, who, um, Robertson, who founded the Fellowship of Isis in the early, God, mid-1900s. I need to check my history on that. She is also now deceased and passed on. The fellowship continues, but not that long ago, she would come out to Isis Oasis and be a part of these huge convocations and would help new priestesses find, priests and priestesses find their wings. It was really lovely. That's amazing. Yeah, she's another one of my priestess mamas. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, 
ISIS gets around. The Rosicrucian Center is in San Jose. That's another huge anchor and mainstay um, that is connected to ancient Egypt as well and to some of those myths and stories. Do you feel like she's connected to like Mary and all those stories too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is said in There's many circles. Story. Oh my God. <laughs> well, if you look at the iconography for Mary and Jesus and like the babe, the mother holding the baby, that Mary, um, that icon- iconography was directly taken from uh, ancient statues of Isis holding the baby Horus. That was an intentional decision uh, on the part of artists and priests in Christianity to help establish the faith in areas where um, the ISIS religions and the Egyptian religions were conquered, right? So, I mean, I love looking at art. Art tells you a lot about how things evolve and develop, but uh, definitely like it is said that Jesus, when he went on his whole thing and studied, that he studied Buddhism and that he also studied with um, Isis and with the temples of Isis in Egypt. And the Isian priestesses taught him about love and energy and pleasure and forgiveness and all the things. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and her energy does. Her energy is connected. I think there are a lot of people that could speak more to that than I can. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. So do you feel like um, incorporating the goddess work is connected to the energy work? Or or do you think they're kind of separate practices for you? Um, I think they can be separate practices for people. But for me, it's all part of one. You know, I feel that in many ways when Reiki came into my life, I didn't realize this at the time, but it was really a profound healing that I needed Um, as a woman who is African-American and Japanese, who's always kind of lived between cultures and between worlds and who doesn't look Japanese. And so has also like I've often also felt like there are parts of me that just people don't see and understand (laughs) right (laughs) that I think in many ways Reiki when it came in was very healing for the cultural part of me because it reconnected me with aspects of my Japanese heritage because of Reiki's roots but also it helped me to reconcile aspects of um, the masculine divine and Mm -hmm. like having this beautiful healing energy come through and this loving energy, I think allowed me to feel loved and safe and stable while there was still this, like, I don't know how to explain it. It felt like it was a healing around all of the ways that we look at the wounded masculine divine. And and there were imbalances in Christianity. I'm not saying Christianity is imbalanced. I have known wonderful, amazing Christians who've changed my lives, who have tons of beautiful love and healing. And Jesus is like, like, like all of that is very powerful. It's not the religion, it's how people work with it, right? And so I I feel like people have sometimes done terrible things in the name of religion that have created wounds. And so parts of me that were feeling wounded around um, patriarchal religion were able to really heal 
inside of the structures of Reiki and the energy that Reiki provided, which felt like this very warming, healing, and at the time for me, masculine energy. That was just how it came for me, right? And I think that created a foundation for me to start to really explore the deeper aspects of who I was in my feminine, because we, we all have both masculine and feminine, right? So I think there were parts of me that were really out of balance in my feminine and like seeking attention for various reasons and doing things um, because I craved love and acceptance. And there were just parts of me that didn't understand how to simply be inside of my own skin and my own being. So Isis, Isis was there offering this love and this healing and these teachings through her myths and archetypes and through the vibrational, um, the vibrational frequency of the energy itself. And her teachings were all about trusting yourself, like trusting myself, trusting that I could just feel what I need to feel, trusting my own intelligence, trusting my own perspectives about the world and about life. Right. And, and then learning how to have compassion, having compassion for Isis is um, the goddess of wanderers, wayfarers, sailors at sea, people who are lost, people who are homeless, people who've been injured. That's just one aspect. She's also like, we can do the whole other side. And so it was like learning to look at the wounds and the, the mysteries in the world and instead of passing judgment to just have compassion and to see myself in all of them i think this is a huge aspect of what the divine feminine teaches us how to be present in the chaos how to like create and be present in what is and and also how to manifest inside of what is and um you have to take into account what is i don't know if that makes sense i'm it makes sense but me you guys yeah. can let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many takes on this, right? So I think the energies to me worked together because I began to realize that the Reiki was kind of giving me this life force to do something with. That's how I felt at the time when I was working with it when I first started. And then Isis was giving me the space to heal so that I knew what to do with. And that has gone back and forth like you know it's it's all together it's all together so i i I can't separate them i've done incredible magic channeling goddess energy and divine energy of of isis and those healings tend to open people's hearts and their creativity they tend to have more of like a kundalini rising experience from that um Whereas the Reiki tends to activate their upper chakras in a very different way. And that also can lead to great shifts and openings, but they work together. Amazing. So are you still doing the goddess circles? Oh yeah. For a while I was doing them once a month. No, I decided to stop because why not? (laughs) I'm always trying new things, but I, I have, I still do rituals sometimes. Um, I've been doing them on zoom. 
and uh, they're all a little bit different. I've been doing meditations, finding ways to bring those teachings about the goddess forth. And likely next year, I will go back to teaching um, an extended Isis magic class. Usually, like for a while, I was doing it every other year, like a nine month class. Every other year, I would do this long class with lots of magic and metaphysics and how to attend your priestessing practice or just be devotional, how to work with Egyptian magic. I think it's time to do that again. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) It's so fun. It's really powerful. I've learned a lot by holding that space. Yeah. I well, I went to one of the circles you did, but it was it was like each month was a div or each one was a different goddess. So we talked yeah. about segment. Yeah, I think and that was like three years ago for something um, like that. Yeah, <laughs> Sekhmet and Nut, Hathor, Isis. Yeah, probably Thoth was in there. Jehuti. Yep. But I thought it was very interesting, just to like to be able to hear the story and the like yeah the archetypes and all those energies connected to these gods or goddesses and like how that connects to your life it's not just like facts it's more like um feelings yeah yeah I mean I I go back and forth because I have finally reconciled at this point in my life that I am through and through an Isis priestess, that I love the Egyptian stories. I love the Egyptian deities. I've had profound experiences and I've received so many boons and gifts from uh, learning and just being open to that energy and to working with them. And um, because of that, I often want to teach it to everyone, (laughs) but sometimes things are just for us yeah. or we need them. Sometimes we need things to be just for us. So sometimes I teach and other times I feel like it's really just there in my energy field. Your personal field practice. I, yeah. And then it sometimes it bleeds through when it needs to bleed through. When there are people that are asking for it, it tends to come up and out, you know, but um, the Reiki, I continue to teach after all of these years. And I never thought I would. I thought that would be kind of a flash in the pan or a place to begin. But the more I've taught it through hundreds of students, yeah, like hundreds, the more I've realized how we all really need these basic tools for how to heal ourselves and other people. So I found that it makes a really great foundational practice that people learn before learning the Egyptian mysteries. Because you can do Reiki and not mess anything up. You don't. You don't have to. You know. Yeah, you don't have to know what you're doing. Today. Yeah, it's very user friendly. And then with Egyptian stuff, you can kind of create a little bit of havoc in your life if you're not approaching it the right way. So, I usually ask students of the Egyptian mysteries to have learned Reiki with me as the foundation. And Reiki is different everywhere you go. And I think people just go where they need to go. Um, in my classes now and even before, I often mix in aspects of the Egyptian work or elements of the goddess or the divine feminine because that's who I am. And so Reiki classes at Healing Heart Reiki are this combination of traditional Usui Reiki because I love that history and that's awesome. 
and also like healing heart method, which has a lot more to do with creating those energetic boundaries, developing those psychic awareness skills, learning how to be fully present and mindful, incorporating Eastern and Western Reiki techniques, and also the Egyptian metaphysical techniques. So are your classes all online right now? Yeah. Um, I will likely go back to offering retreats next year. Maybe I, I keep going back and forth about one in Hawaii and maybe one up in Tahoe area. But um, gosh, I resisted going online for like years. My guides were telling me, you need to go online. You need to go online. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I don't want to. I fought it. <laughs> I fought them. This was the one thing I did not listen to. They were like, you must go online, trust us, you need to go online. And I was even teaching my students, I was like, make sure you're online savvy. You gotta be going like, no, you know, you know, if you're teaching classes, learn how to share it through social media. So I was even teaching that, but I wasn't going online and teaching classes. And then, then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and I was like, so I was like, gotta do this, I guess. Oh, I think this is why they were telling me to go online because <laughs> people need this healing and now they all need, they're all online. And so since I made that shift, I've loved it because I've realized before people would just come to classes as like a little mini retreat to learn something and get away from their lives. And that's, that's fine. That's great. But online, what I've noticed about students is because of how we've set it up right students are learning and then they're learning how to do the reiki in their lives they're breaking through all of those resistance and learning how to lay hands on themselves they're learning how to heal with the concepts of reiki right away in their own lives so they have like we have the online member portal with all the training material inside of it and then we've got the you know, the actual classes, which are with me in Zoom. And then we've got like a monthly membership aspect where basically anybody that's taking classes with me can come once a month to office hours and continue to ask questions and develop deeper, right? As well as online Reiki shares and all that. So it's a whole thing now we've established online. And what I'm seeing, having now attuned some people who've learned online with me all the way up until master level, which is still in person, that many of them, like, it's actually deeper. It's actually deeper. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I'm glad it blew my mind. I was like, I what? Like it's, it's like, <laughs> you have to let go of that perception that like, yeah, the energy has to be transferred from me to you yeah. rather than just from god or whatever source it's always etheric you. anyways right yeah, like even I'm if it's doing even, that yeah like that's what reiki is it's literally non-physical energy <laughs> so so yeah i mean i think it that is the big thing but the attunements have gone really powerfully i've had students that have literally just like they've smelled like the flowers in my room while receiving an attunement. I was like, whoa, you didn't even see the flowers. They're behind the screen, you know? So I think these little things just remind me of how connected we really all are. And for me, the biggest win of the shift online has been seeing how many people need it and that they're actually able to really incorporate the techniques and the meditations and the metaphysics 
right away in their lives through the class. And a lot of the questions that students used to ask me in person were questions that came about because they only had one day to learn the process, yeah. right? They only had a few times with me. And it's like now there's this well of multimedia material that they can revisit. And then they're still able to meet with me monthly to have that real human connection. Cause I believe in that as teachers, I believe in lineage, right? So yeah, it's been really cool. Sorry, I'm like touching no. about it. It's just no, been so I, amazing I, to me. It's I like want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important yet yeah, to have some kind of continued connection. Cause like, okay, someone could take the class like, and then don't do anything with it. But then like next year they're like, oh yeah, that Reiki stuff, let me get back into it. And yeah. then they have questions. Yeah. But a, a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't have any way of contacting that person yeah. that I took the class with, or they're just, yeah, they don't have that availability. Yeah. And we're here like offering this transmission of life force energy. So I, I just, I really believe in the whole concept of what a teacher is, you know, and that doesn't mean like, I don't think as teachers, we have to have all of the answers in the universe. I don't think we have to be perfect. I don't think we have to always know things. We just have to be willing to be present with somebody from a heart-based space, you know? So um, yeah, like I've loved this model because if somebody has a question in a year, and even with my students before this, if somebody came back to me from years, like a lot of my students will come back after five years, six years, they're like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, you know? And usually I do, unless they've undergone like really huge energetic shifts, then they read like a different person and like, oh my God, yeah, (laughs) holy Jesus. Um, But uh, that like being able to say, I'm here for you to me is so important, right? And I'm okay with saying I'm here for you and I have no answers, (laughs) but I think that first part is really important and that gets lost. I can't tell you how many students I've met from other lineages who come to me with questions. And I'm like, have you tried asking your teacher, you know, like the one who taught you? Because if you learned in their system, it would be good to have their answer. I'll answer you too, but like, you know, yeah, they might have a take advantage of that relationship, right? And a lot of times people just, they're, they're out of, they don't, they don't have that relationship. And it makes it hard when you're seeking and you're growing. Nobody should be growing alone. You know, we're here for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely inspired me to teach. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this for like years. And you're like, we'll uh-huh. see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, you let me sit in in your classes and stuff. So that was really helpful for me, even though, you know, it's a different perspective to take the class and then to sit and like kind of see how the structure and how you present things. And I think that was really helpful for me for sure. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been the fun part for me as a business person, right? And doing this energy work, like priestesses of old would go sit in a temple, till the land. I don't know. Priestesses of old had all of these things that they did and the community took care of them, right? They were cared for. And 
in our modern day culture, it's not really the same way because people don't understand what a priestess does. And we don't always value that spiritual connection in the same way. So unless you're a Christian in a church with tithing, it's quite complicated for energy healers and some massage therapists and other people who probably would have just been priestesses in another life, you know, and I actually use priestess. It, to me, it's a non-gendered term. I use it, the S for me refers to the divine feminine of the goddess, right? But so man can be a priestess. Like I call men male priests that I know usually priestesses, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, so we have to kind of find our own way in this day and age, healers and priestesses, wise ones. And that oftentimes, like in this culture, means knowing something about business, right? Because we don't just have somebody tithing for us. Unless you want to start a cult, that's a whole nother path. <laughs> Complicated. So, you know. A little and, messy. <laughs> yeah, but like even, even um, communities, like even co-op, community co-ops, a lot of the ones that I've seen that, that end up, they end up quite challenged unless they have a really strong financial model, you know? So I think for me that like, I love the business side of doing this energy work and being able to share that knowledge with students as well, because we need it actually. Like we have to know, unless you have other sources of income that allow you to just kind of do what you want to do every day without a regard for that you know, and, and some people do, but there are a lot of people that are working class that really need to work and then really feel the call to energy work and spirituality so deeply that that really needs to be their full-time thing. So in that case, we need the, the business acumen to, to know how to model that and to do that. Yeah. We talked a lot about that in the Reiki master. And I thought that was like, so helpful. And like, I, went to art school so I didn't have any of that structure or knowledge of like um like how to do marketing or any of that kind of stuff so I thought it was like I think it's really helpful for people to see and learn that it's not just like you're gonna go and do healing like you have to put a lot of structure and stuff behind it or else it's going to be chaotic and you're not going to, you're not going to have any money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at Healing Heart Reiki, I think I tend to attract, we do attract people who are interested in doing this as a full-time lifetime thing. Um, So they are looking at career, but that's not a necessity, right? Like I've also attuned wonderful, amazing, some of my favorite, favorite healers. Like I just love their hands on. It just feels so good. They're, they're not, professional they don't ever want to be they're open to it but they're that's not really what they're seeking right that's not how it needs to express through their lives and that's beautiful too I love all of it but I I think even then it's good for them to have this idea of how that looks because when we're all holding that consciousness it really helps to heal the world it's like even if that one person who does Reiki is never going to make a living out of it per se or um, they don't feel that call to being a priestess or priest um, with the energy. They just kind of do it for family and that's beautiful and that's where they're at. When they've been taught about 
these other pieces and about that I, those identities, then if they have friends that feel that call, they're already holding the new paradigm for those friends. And I think that that's where we're at now. We're ready as a society to start looking more carefully at our presumptions about where energy belongs in the bigger picture, where energy healing belongs. And it's changing massively across the country. Like hospitals now often have Reiki in them. Chaplains now don't have to be Christian. Like there's so much shifting. So I think we all kind of need these teachings to hold the new paradigm, like to honor yeah. our teachers and priestesses and healers as just as important as our doctors and our lawyers and our police officers, you know? Yeah, I think it's like such a thing a preconceived notion like healers or artists have to be like yes yeah, struggling yeah. and yet it's yeah it comes from that oh we were taken care of and if there isn't that structure in place yeah you shouldn't be like suffering for having a gift to share to others like people view exactly. as like selling out or something right and I think a lot of those ideas are changing mm-hmm. yep I think so. I think you're right. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes, you know? Um, yeah, I love it. And I, I think that's why, like, again, most people just need healing. A lot of people called to the priestessing work and the goddess mysteries need healing. I think they, we, there are many who come into lives where there is a lot of conflict in youth. Most of us have traumas from youth of some sort, not everybody though. And so we need to know how to heal ourselves and others before we even begin to, to crack the nut on things like astral travel and talking to deities and being possessed and <laughs> like, I don't know, all yeah, the like things. Slow your, slow your roll. <laughs> yeah. Learn yeah. how to meditate first. Meditate. Meditation time. Come on. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Daily. I'm going to put your information in our little show notes. So if anyone wants to check out your website and see what classes you got going on, I'm going to be taking a class what in like a week or something. So you guys can yeah. join us. That's so all about demonic journey and connecting with the upper world. So like ethereal energy, the Akashic records, fun stuff like that. Um, but I'd love to hear is, is there any like big dreams or anything you have kicking around that you want to create for healing heart reiki that you want to put into the energy field of the quantum field <laughs> you know quantum has been my one of my keywords of this year quantum leaping but actually i i usually have huge dreams but i'm in a really different space this year where i feel like i started the year with this strong intention to mainly teach reiki only classes and that was part of really making sure that the foundation of the online classes was really solid so that anybody who's taking classes with me, like I feel confident on my end that they're really going to receive all of the teachings that they need and that those teachings would be the equivalent or better than anything anyone would find in an in-person class, definitely better than anything anyone would find at a retreat, right? So. I've been so much in that, like, let's build the foundation kind of mode <laughs> that I think my my vision has been like, 
really laser tight there. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see us all rise and grow. My, my attention also has been towards alumni of Healing Heart Reiki. And I've been just really holding a lot of love in my heart that we all, there's so much space in the world for all of us to really do our work and to be met by the unique individuals who are called to our energy. And I want to see everybody really um, abundant in the flow of the love of this work and the love for their own lives. We've had so much death and trauma in the past couple of years. I just, I really want to see everybody that I know, everybody in the community in a space where they can truly feel this bursting love for their very life. So I, however I can get that to happen, (laughs) I'll put my little ego mind towards that, but that's my vision. And it's not, you know, it's not like 10,000 new healers on the planet. Eh, That sounds fun. Maybe in a couple of years, but like, it's just, it's a vibration that I'm going for this year. That's my big wish for Reiki. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I feel it. Well, thank you so much. And we will see you soon. Thank you.